0: But forever fanning the flames of tension and dissension has the strivers, the Bergerians, and the entire human race on the brink of annihilation. It is up to Michael Talbot, B.T., Drababon, and the United Earth Marine Corps to stave off this extinction event, along with General Jensen aboard the outgunned, outmanned, and nearly crippled USS Guardian. Is it too late, or can it still be saved? In Indian Hill Book 6, Victory's Defeat, this is the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. So hi, guys. Welcome back. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Sorry for uh, for, for being late. <laughs> That's all good. Uh, are, where are you again? I forget. <clears throat> Alabama. Oh, okay. So you're <laughs> an hour behind me in some of your th- three or four hours. Three. Three, yeah. So we get like the whole country covered right now, almost every time zone, practically. Sure. I think we do. That's awesome. So, all right. So we are on book six. This is exciting. I'm going to try to read my notes without my glasses. This this should be interesting. I made better <laughs> notes this week. So, so the book opens up. uh, Mike, BT, and Reaper and Tracy. They're still up on the roof uh, from the last battle and the genos and the devastators are hampering it out so the genos have kind of won the battle on this end of town because they're they're fighting in a town and they're stuck up on the roof uh, mike tracy uh, reaper and bt the building's on fire and they have no way of getting off so they have to jump which is <laughs> kind of kicks off the, the the one of the funniest parts being a Bostonian. Because KeyCon tells Mike, you guys need to jump. You're not going to make it down. Just jump. We'll catch you. And Mike asks KeyCon, the head, uh, Gina Jarian, if he knows Billy Buckner. And I was just watching, Oh uh, uh, god, I can't remember the name of the movie, the god awful Drew Barrymore, um, Jimmy Fallon movie about the Red Sox movie, Fever Pitch or yeah. something like that. One of those movies. And that scene was where he's like going crazy because he he lost his girlfriend and he keeps watching the Buckner game, which is like the 1986 World Series Mets, Red Sox thing. So I found that humorous being from Boston. Summer's looking at me like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. What what is this? So it's a sports reference. Yay, Yay, sports. sports.
1: Uh, to make you feel better i understand the reference the, the all right
0: Buffen cool <laughs> so they all jump down off the roof um there's a captain firth that shows up in a shuttle and tells them he has orders for everybody to return to uh, to to indian hill general jensen's orders and mike tells tracy to go to go get with their son and and you know go go get go get travis BT stays behind, Reaper and um, uh, the other guy's name. No, just Reaper. Reaper, Reaper mm-hmm. goes with Tracy. Tracy. Mike stays, BT stays behind with Mike. It, again, Mike setting the seeds of dissent of not doing what Paul wants, as we've seen in this series time and time and time again and you have to ask yourself how many times can you say no i'm gonna do it my way and come out on top and mike always seems to come up smelling like roses so what are you guys thoughts on that
1: you want to go ahead first summer
2: well i was just going to say it seems like as strong as he thinks he's a leader um he can't say no to those he loves so like even with Cray Cray Beth, I don't know how how does this woman keep getting on the bridge? How does this, how does she not get thrown out of an airlock as much as he wants? He just can't say no. They he just kind of excuses it as just them. And that's the same thing with with um Mike. And I just don't, I'm more how the hell does uh Tracy let him get away with kind of the stuff he does? But he just he can't help himself. He's he's got this g- gift or or per- something light around him that it he needs to do it. He's compelled to do it. And and the people are compelled to go, yeah, you've got a crazy ass idea, but we should do this thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. come along with us.
1: So the way I see it is uh he he disobeys Paul's direct orders. But any way that gets it done is the right way. Even though you know I mean he is Paul is the leader of the free world. But, I mean, Mike's just going off of his uh, gut feel, like gut instinct. So, I mean, he, and he's not doing anything the wrong way. He's getting what Paul wants done, you know, for the most part. Very getting, true. Getting him ships, making him a more powerful leader, even though I personally think Paul is a terrible leader, honestly. Uh, after listening through the series completely again, yeah. he was a terrible leader.
0: He's a terrible leader, but he does he, he, he does what needs to be done. He's definitely a different character than when he first started off. He's not a beer-drinking, party-go guy. I think where the, the change came was when he, he felt that he lost his best friend and a bunch of other people at the concert, and Paul does a complete 180. His methods on the greatest, they're very by the book. And if you've ever worked a job where you have to do things by the book, you realize life doesn't happen that way all the time. You know, we're not going to leave the house at eight o'clock and because the GPS says you got to be there at eight 15 shit's going to happen out there in the real world. And I think Paul is a decent leader for that, but my, Paul handles the, I'm going to get there between eight and eight 15. Mike is the, Oh, I'm going to leave here at eight at 801 there's going to be a giant sinkhole we're going to have to get around that and then at 802 uh a telephone pole is going to fall in the middle of the street but for some reason mike always seems to pull it out of his ass and and get it done no matter what so it's if you can mike's mike's a ying to, to paul's yang and if you can put the two of them together which they should be you would have the greatest fighting force team on the planet ever but they just keep button heads and they just they, they don't seem to just make it work. Right. Yeah, I think it really
2: we're seeing more and more the decline of uh Paul in this book. I mean, he started declining in the last one, but now he's just like you said Jordan, his terrible leadership is sort of coming out. He does he does the unpopular decisions and you know, he is very intelligent, but, but he just he keeps having this personal emotion in the background that just doesn't make the right right decisions or makes him a little bit short-sighted in his in his leadership.
1: I think that uh bringing up a lot of his stuff's based off of Beth Beth's in his ear. I mean and that comes out more in this book I know. But it's just Beth in his ear and uh he thinks Mike's trying to take his job and her <clears throat> telling him that you know Mike's Mike's trying to be you know Mike's a better leader. He would save earth uh and like Summer said, yeah, it's deteriorating. And you'll see that in the book. But I get what you're saying, though, Jeff. You know, if they could work together, it would be uh, an unstoppable force for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, they end up in the end being, it's the hard thing about doing a review show like this or something like this because we already know how it ends. You know, I listen to somebody on the podcast. They do like weekly shows and it's they don't know what's going to happen on the next next week's episode. We know what's going to happen you know, and until we get to,
1: you know, mm. but we don't know what, what's going to happen in the next, uh, like in fallout, but that, uh, I saw that on audible.
0: Yep. Is it already out? No, well, you can't even pre-order it
1: yet. It's really? just up there. It's a tease. Damn yeah. it. Mark.
0: That and the, the new zombie, I know. Mm. So <laughs> they get us. So, but Paul's on his way. He's heading back to his, uh, to his quarters and he, cutting through the mess hall and he finds Beth there and he sees her sitting there by himself and he doesn't want to say anything to her but he ends up going and she knows right away what's going on she knows Mike's not on the ship she knows what's going on down on the on the the the, the, on the, the surface of the planet she seems to be one step ahead of Paul and everybody else kind of all the time and Paul's telling her, you know, he doesn't want to come up. He's He's got to stay down there and she's calling him a coward. You got to go down there and you got to save the man that I love. You're not half the general or half the man that he is. And Paul's trying to keep everything in his head a secret. And Beth figures out that he wanted Mike and everybody else on the ship on the shuttle to come back up to the to, to go to back to Indian Hill. Because he's got to deal with the strivers and he's going to bomb the shit out of and kill all of the devastators, all of the progerians, all the geno and all of the whoever else is down below that they're fighting. He wanted all human personnel out of there because he doesn't care about them. He wants them wiped out 100%. And Mike, once again, has screwed up all <laughs> to plans to, to do all of that, you know? Like Scooby Doo, darn you pesky teenagers! Yeah, Mike is that pesky teenager. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he definitely is,
1: and he doesn't even know it half the time. That's the best part.
0: He's yeah, just oblivious to the whole situation. Yep, 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 yep. But
2: it was, but yeah, that that was when he actually he does this code. What, what was the code? It's the rooster is still in the nest? Do not drop the egg. It was like,
0: yeah, that is yeah. kind
2: of the silliest code. Okay. <laughs> He went full general code there.
0: Yeah. And as much as the the the, the Genos are fighting the Devastators, they, they're they kind of influenced by Mike, how they won in the last book where Mike helped him out. And that's how they knew from the, the, the Guardian that Mike was still alive because D pointed out that the Genos are acting differently. They're not doing what they normally do. Kikan tells Mike that he wants him to pull back all of the, the air support that paul is sending out because they want to fight the 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 mutes the devastators on their own terms they want to do it man to man fight to fight and they don't want mike involved in it because they don't want to realize that they don't want to what what to happen is we want to beat our enemies on our terms our way we don't need any outside help and they don't want the puny humans to do it for them which is pretty much what mike's been doing is the only way there's you know I don't know how many more devastators than there are Geno's down there on the planet right now than that battle but they won that last battle because of Mike because of his interference because of his tactics you know we're going to do this you guys are used to just marching in a straight line in red coats and shooting and then shooting and then stopping and then shooting we're going to hide behind trees and you know we're going to come out and you know it's it's the american revolution type of fighting all over again and it, it and mike made a uh, reference to that in the last book um you sorry, Boone, you look like you're gonna say something no oh,
1: i'm just i'm zoned in right now sorry.
0: Oh, i'm trying not to zone i in. just uh
1: i just got off work and i know you're a truck air truck driver i'm a truck driver so i yep. just took some pre-workout to wake up for this podcast man i'm just trying to zone <laughs> in right now <laughs> Try not to pass out at my keyboard
0: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah hey, uh, hey stuff makes you sweat a little bit get your heart rate oh, going man. so but uh griggs calls down the mic and tells them they got 12 minutes there's a um ships are coming in so on top of the genos in the mutes in the uh, mutes of the devastator same thing they now got the strivers are coming in and the strivers have finally decided to join the battle and they're going to come down and fight because it's to their advantage because everybody's starting to get wiped out. So now the strivers are going to come in and the strivers are described as kind of eight foot tall spiders, you know, picture like a giant moose with hair and fangs and razor sharp, uh, feet, claws, whatever you want to call Mandibles
2: it. or whatever. Yeah. I,
0: I kind of got a little animated for that. You can figure out what, what that meant by <laughs> that. Um, so they're coming down, and they they got to get the hell out of Dodge because shit's about to get real, and it does. The strivers is set down, and the troops come out, and it is just insane. And Mike and BT do not know how they're going to survive this. They don't know if they're going to. I'm not sure who I would rather face if I was a human. Would I rather be against, face a Striver? Face a devastator or face a Gino? Or I mean but are kind of wimpy there. I don't even think that they count, but which one would you guys wanna? If you had to battle one, who would it be? That
1: is a great question. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say
2: Bajarian. So you go, Bajar.
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna take Gino off the board, right? Because I mean a Gina Jarian is just a devastator that wasn't given the go-go juice and turned into a devastator so
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm just going to leave it to devastator and uh striver okay if uh, i'm you know i'm gonna go striver i'm gonna take striver i'm gonna have to fight the strivers uh if i really just had to pick one
0: i mean I the I big question is who would you rather get killed by because <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> you really don't have a choice you're not gonna beat him because they're all yeah. ten times the size of a human, a human being. So that's the. I've yeah, been a devastator. Devastator
1: <laughs> would be quick and uh, clean. Hopefully, probably not, but quick,
0: yeah. quick for sure. Summer, what about you?
2: Well, if you, if you're going with, I have some sort of hope of at ex- making this happen. I would say Pajarian, just because they're not typically fighters, and maybe I can run as fast as hell away from them in a circle. You know, I don't know. But the idea of those dang um strivers that can what jump 20 feet at you like a spider with all their arms, mandibles, whatnot, and their hair that'll cut you, that just seems like the worst way to die is is by them. Yeah. Um, congratulations, Beth.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I think I'd rather (laughs) I'd rather fight a Gino, uh in my opinion, because I think the genos would do the honorable they would kill you honorably and quickly. I think just getting killed by a striver or a giant spider would scare the hell out of me. And that, I just think, I think it would be messy and painful if I, I had to do it. So, and they probably in, like, in,
2: in previous know, stuff, haven't the Genos batted people around and ripped them apart like toys and played with oh, them? Yeah,
0: in the past books. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They did.
2: Yeah, they, they were quite cruel. You see, Drawbavin, he's honorable. Um, and there's a few genos and a few projects who are honorable, but that doesn't seem to be the rule. That seems to be the exception at this point, so.
0: Good point. So I'm That's gonna, I'm, I'm dying a painful death by the Geno-Jerrys, apparently. That... <laughs> so thanks for- Nice a-
2: honorable point. one.
0: Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so the genos and the uh, the mutes, God, I keep calling him. Mike calls them the Mutes. The they called the 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 Devastators. Devastators, yeah. They they're going ready to go out and meet on the field of battle, and Keycon tells Mike and BT to hide behind them. This is how giant they are that they can hide BT first off behind <laughs> them. Um, they're out doing their battle talk thing, and he, Mike keeps seeing Keycon, you know, turn around and point, and they bring them out, thinking, "Shit, we're screwed." they just they turn their back on us and uh you know they're gonna they're gonna they're, they're gonna give us up and then they're gonna battle but turns out that there's a on top of the striver ships coming in there's a progerian ship battleship coming in so everybody's coming to the party and everybody's gonna battle and everybody's gonna be a, a huge ass battle royal you know three-way ship thing or whatever but what we don't know is that Paul made a deal with the Strivers to destroy the the, the, the I can't, there's too many Jarians now. Perge- <laughs> the Geno Jarians and the Devastators. So Paul is on the Striver's side. Mike has made a deal with the Genos and the mutes down on the surface. Paul's trying to get Mike up off of the surface because he's just going to let the strivers come in and just wipe them all out. It's it, it doesn't matter, you know, it's, it's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the story, I'm reading it, however you do it. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, no matter, it's, it's like with alien versus predator, no matter who wins, we lose. And for, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those, one of those crazy things.
2: And yeah. Constantly the lesser of the, the, not two evils, what are we up to four different evils now? Pretty much. And, you know, what's going to just, let us live just a little bit longer what's going to let us survive a little bit longer and this one the you know the last couple of books it just ramps up ramps up in this book it's just one thing after another it's just constant like challenge after challenge just when you think you know where we're going oh we have to reset we have to realign we have to refigure and re-bluff our way through the next situation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's uh like deal after deal that they make with the opposing forces Like Mike said, they're not fighting to survive. They're just fighting to be at this point. And so I think, you know, they're just doing what they have to do to make it to the next, not even day, but hour in this situation that they got going on.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the the whole story, D goes into the whole story with Tracy about how the strivers came to be. They were tucked away in a cave, and the Prajarians were blasting the cave, and they ended up. Uh, releasing the eggs. And so the progerians are the reason why the strivers are out. The strivers are trying to fight against the progerians to take over their planet. And they're all just going from planet to planet, trying to find a place to coexist. And I get, I'm not sure if anybody saw today uh, that Mark had posted that, you know, he he understands that there's going to be some inconsistencies in some of all of the books it's confusing as hell. I get it. I've read this stuff three times, and I'm sure he wrote it once, put it down, sent it to an editor. The editor made the edits, and then it put out the publish. And he hasn't read these books or stories because he's on to the next book or story. He's not like us where we're going back and we're thinking, nope, Drababin called Tracy Tracy one time before they said Tracy called Tracy, BT, D called Tracy, whatever, for the first time in this book. And he did it on this one. It's like, you know, Come on, guys. Let's give the guy a break. There's a lot going on in this story, especially in this book where everybody is coming into it now. And it's, it's getting crazy. And I've rewound stuff a couple of times when I'm making my notes. I'm like, wait, who's doing what? Who went to where? What is going on? But it all comes out in the wash cycle at the end that we find out. Well, we will find out when we get to book seven next week that it's uh. It's, he has a grand, grand master plan, and it's it's kind of insane how one how you can think of something like this, like thinking of a Striver, thinking of a Progerian, thinking of a Geno thinking of the backstories of it, and everything else that goes along with it. It's it's kind of cool. I don't know if I could do something like that, but th- this story in itself, I think, is ah, uh, you know, it's eh, I think they get better and better. Each story as they go along. My opinion.
1: Oh yeah, it, it definitely gets better as the story goes along, and I like the way uh you know how it starts out and it just continuously like it each book it picks up speed and there's more action and you're still and they still have uh, certain points within the book that they add uh, backstory like how the Strivers came to be um, mm-hmm. and then you know eventually, spoiler alert, you'll learn about the Freetown incident uh, and I just think he did a a great job, Mark. And I don't know how, like you said, I don't, I don't think I could do it, you know, putting Mm -hmm. together a book and having a master plan for the end and being able to just nail it, but we still want one more. Um, that's beside the (laughs) point.
2: (laughs) Well, Jeff, you're a musician, right? Yes. And so I, I listen to music and I, I know what I like, I know, but, how somebody translates and makes from their their mind's eye that music is mm-hmm. beyond me. So the same thing with these books. How somebody can cl- take this all and put it out there? It's just so amazingly creative. I'm just in awe at, at that, that kind of talent. Um, yeah, there are a few things that if you read it over and over again, it's like wait, this doesn't quite line up. But it's 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 quirky. I don't want to say quirky, but it's kind of in line with the Michael Talbot character because he doesn't know from one day to the next what the hell he said. And he's like, did I say that? So I mean it, it kind of lines right back up. I did think it was funny though in this one, uh Tracy turned around and said, agreed to draw abon um in a way where she said, hello, friend of Michael, uh god I think like Godfather of Travis. Yeah. Was
0: like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was She's cute. giving it right back to him. Yeah, so, so she's sassy. Yeah, it's great. It's the, uh, the the interaction. It's funny when you get to the part where BT and, and, and D are fighting to you know, he's Mike's my best friend. No, he's my best friend. And they even go as far as the stage of a, a, a battle in the arena up on the Guardians. Like, okay, Tui has cut the crap. You, you just, you know, let's go out in the backyard. We're going to put the boxing gloves on. And everybody's going to watch, and it's going to be a great time. So, which is fine. I think
1: that was uh, that whole feud between BT and Drababon,
0: mm-hmm. was,
1: uh Probably one of my favorite parts of this book. They're yeah. Probably top five. They're in my top five of favorite characters of, that he's came up with Drabebon and BT. Mm-hmm. And that's not a clue. I mean, everybody, you have to like Mike, but <laughs> excluding Mike, they're definitely in the top five for me. Well, yeah, the but-
2: amount of roasting that happens of mike oh. by his buddies by bt by drop Avon, and by his mm-hmm. own paying wife is just freaking hilarious i mean i think even didn't um god what was it group group didn't he even get on it at some point and it a made little it a bit couple, yeah so it's it this one was pretty funny
0: it's interesting i was curious how how it was going to happen how when D and and BT met. How that was going to work out, you know, having him in the same the same story, same storyline. Where in the other book, when you know it, it's been since book four, so we've had two two books. There's a the third one now where they, they're together. BT has been with Mike, and D's been off at Indian Hill or with Travis and and Tony, Mike's dad. It, I was always wondering how it was going to. You know wait 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 till everybody's all in the same ship together you know wait till everybody's together let's see how that goes and it's it, it didn't disappoint for me i thought it was hilarious you know some of the funniest stuff that that's in there is between with d and bt trying to just you know one up each other and then at the end they fight it out and then they become besties themselves you know so well, it's that's kind that's- of like how paul in in, in drababin is paul starting to warm up to to drabavon um, you know, he says it at the end. Mike's like, you know, what was he gives him pleasantries as he gets on the ship. Mike's like, what was other? I was like, yeah, he's kind of growing on me. Paul's a much nicer guy when Beth's not around, because Beth leaves. She she takes a shuttle. you Well, you find out that Beth is the been set been poking the bear. Beth's the one that blew up the hole at Indian Hill. She's responsible for that. She's been turning some of the men the way she's been turning Paul against Mike, she's been taking some of the men at Indian Hill and up on the guardian to turn them against Paul and kind of forming her own little sick and twisted militia that we find out, um, for her own nefarious reasons. And with, uh, the, the Striver that Mike attacks in they they're working on oot gets in her head uh everybody always said the thing don't let them if you start to feel complacent or euphoric or depressed or that you want to let them go don't excuse me it's been a long day um (laughs) don't because the strivers speak telepathically and they can put thoughts in your head And i think beth's mind is so warped and twisted already that it wasn't that hard to put into her head what she wanted to hear, which was you are the queen of the games. We're going to make you queen of the earth. If you align with us and overpower, help us overpower everybody, which is what Beth ends up doing. Was anybody surprised by that? Because I wasn't at all when I heard, when I, I read that.
1: I, uh. I was surprised up until we just had this conversation where it clicked in my mind <clears throat> where she mentally snapped. And so she's not there altogether mentally. And she's like narcissistic, only thinking of herself, going a little bit crazy. So her mental capacity is de- declining. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it would make sense now that, you know, Oot or a striver would be able to compromise the way she's thinking and probably manipulate how she's feeling and the thoughts in her head and everything like that. But yeah. Definitely makes more sense to me now.
2: Mr. Babin called her the ruined one. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> when she's, when you discover that, yeah, probably she's the one responsible for the bombing. Um, what is that heifer's name from uh, zombie uh, D- uh, Vivian? D- um, Deneau. Deneau. Thank
1: you.
0: Deneau. Wasn't
2: she responsible for placing some bombs around the um
1: etna station
2: yes you know Mm -hmm. she was responsible for causing people to switch from here to here i mean i i think she's a great villain she's needed for that story and everything as much as i dislike this psychopath it's like there i see some similarities similarities in there but yeah i've you know i've uh jeff you said things like "Well, we've all dated or known a girl like that holy crap, sorry that you've ever gone through something like that. Fortunately, I haven't had to deal with that. Um, yep. I, mean, I have like no dating experience, but um, wow. If these are real people that are commonplace, that's just nuts. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, I think it's more common too. And, you know, with, with Mark being from the Boston area of Massachusetts, there's a lot of girls up here like that, especially in, you know, in in that area down in like the Walpole, uh, Foxborough area because it's it's close to boston but it's not boston because you get the parents that want to live in town but it's closer to it so it's it's easier and cheaper a little cheaper to live outside of the city but everybody has that we live in the city type of attitude and i've known many a girl like beth
2: there's these stations that you want to be at or that that ego
0: or whatnot yeah exactly exactly so
2: but yeah she went on a creek Rant, the whole this should have been you know this should have been our
1: family and yeah that was that wasn't oh, that so yeah. Yep. oh i actually want to bring up the fact i don't know if uh, i don't know about y'all but whenever uh mike and beth were having the conversation about that you know that could like summer said that could have should have been our family that could have been our baby or whatnot mm-hmm. and you know I, tr- I i tried to kill them your uh your wife and your baby and mike turned around and he was like i will cut your fucking head off and shit down your body i was like punch her in the mouth yeah do something
0: yeah i don't condone violence Um, against women but she she just deserves a good uh yeah just a a good left hook to the jaw
2: that was one of the little what do we call them easter eggs when they kind of refer over and i think i only caught it this time because i just recently uh, started reading the tim series Mm-hmm. But when he walks the arena, or maybe he's talking about Joe And likes to take a walk around the arena every time he comes back on the ship. But he avoids it like a plague-infested clown.
0: Mm-hmm. Or in yeah.
2: plague-infested clowns. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, 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 I'm reading about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. catch that before because I didn't have. I just didn't have the reference.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how they they have two different views of the arena um, Mike and Drababon because D was, he was celebrated. That was his, his place. That's where he was, you know, he was powerful. And from Mike, he kind of has PTSD every time he has to go up, back up to the guardian. And he's each book, he said, I'm never going back up there again. I'm never going back up there again. He ends up having to go back up. I think four or five times now he's back up there. And it's, it's it's where he was held captive to do horrible things to his fellow man. And it's it's I could see how they'd have two very different views on it. Yeah. I mean, even when they did the uh the big fight at the end, it's a it's a it's a an exhibition match between so Paul ends up we're kind of skipping ahead here, but Paul ends up um, they're all up on the Guardian, and Paul and Mike are kind of playing nice. And Paul has come back to, you know, remember when we were friends and we used to do this. And again, it's without Beth's influence, Paul's much nicer to Mike because I think Mike has finally had it out with Paul saying, Listen, I don't want your fucking job. I don't want to be a general. I don't want to be an XO. I don't want to be a CEO, a TFO, or a TSA, nothing. You know, I want to go down to earth. I want to win this battle. I want to go back down to earth, raise my kid have maybe have another one, live with my wife and just enjoy life. You know, I don't want to be up on these ships. I don't want to do any of this. So all the stuff that Beth has been putting into Paul's head that Mike wants to be the man, Mike wants to be in charge. I think Paul finally realizes that Mike doesn't want any of that. He doesn't want to be in charge. So he tells Mike, listen, you know, the, 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 the men are restless. You know, you've been running them a little hard. Um, Beth took off with the ship and she's now on the Striver ship and they don't know what's happening, but they're running, uh, they're running drills like crazy. Mike's now the, the executive officer on the guardian and the men hate Mike because Mike is now a drill sergeant. And it's funny how Tracy is kind of the head cheerleader for the anti, uh, XO Mike brigade where they're all making up names and he's you know i I forget someone that she said it was like you know who said it's like oh i made that one up that one's mine (laughs) they like that one you know and she's the one nagging at him but paul's having mike run the men so hard because they know the battle's coming they know that the strivers that they took off but they're sitting right on the outside of the galaxy looking in and the Prajarians are coming we got a a temporary truce with the surus on the vcs um who's the supreme commander right now of the the the, the vcs the the battleship that came in to help fight so but paul hates that so paul tells mike listen i'm gonna go over to the guardian or going over to, I think one of the other ships where he's going, going down to the Hill or something. He's, he's leaving dad dad's going out for the night. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that there's a couple of kegs of beer and let's have, you know, a sporting event. So Paul kind of arranges for Mike to arrange of an exhibition fight between BT and D and everybody's having a great time they're drinking beer everybody's cheering everybody's betting everybody's loosening up and i'm saying in the back of my mind everybody's going to get shit faced off of you know stale whatever beer that they have this is when the shit's going to hit the fan something's going to happen during right in the middle of this fight It, it, it can't not happen you know Big question is, who was thinking, who were either one of you thinking was going to win that battle, the fight between D and and Drababin, and or BT and, and D, I should say, sorry.
2: You want
0: to go, Bjorn? Yeah, you go first, you go first. Bjorn's <laughs> B- <want> B- B- thinking.
2: It's, so if they actually fought and fought it out, I cannot see... Um, d not winning i mean i love bt but without interference i just don't know how he could be because remember when they first met they got into an initial pissing match where they're just shaking hands and finally bt's like okay 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 i'm done yeah you know and then tracy
0: comments is like did i just witness a pissing contest <laughs> he's like yep <laughs> sure dirty <So> <laughs> you
2: know I, ju- I just don't know how except you know if drape would think for this cause and for this morale which we're trying to boost and build i need to i don't know make sure it's a draw or make sure i don't actually take it and you know e- any way it had to go it had to at least be a tie so that mm-hmm. there was belief and support in it um but if that if it came down to them actually fighting it out if i want bt to win i like Dribbon, but just by size it would have been driven on
1: yeah beyond damn it jeff you're asking the tough
0: questions tonight um (laughs) you're too tired to think
1: no it's not that it's just a tough question (laughs) because i love both characters but all right so i'm gonna play this out two quick ways all right if they were just doing the pugil sticks and the helmets like they were supposed to Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to take bt i think it'd be bt 100 just because Babon with his pugil sticks and the helmets and protection and not to the death. I mean, Drabebon has to hold back or he might accidentally kill BT. Yeah. And BT doesn't have to hold back. So, but if good it's point. a fight to the death, like arena, like mm-hmm. Mike and D, or Mike and D, I think D doesn't have to hold back at that point. So then, yeah, he would kill BT hands down.
0: Yeah. So. Very good point. Yeah. I can see that because I mean, it, it D's even surprised that BT hurts him. A little bit. You know, he hits him in the side and he ends up hitting him so hard with the pugil stick that it it breaks. And Mike saying to himself, shit, this this is uh he could just stab him right now if this wasn't an exhibition fight. He could, you know, possibly end it. And I think even D was taken aback by some of that. But um yeah, it was a grand old time. Did I don't think did Mike dra- drink drink it all during the celebration or was he still mm. too um Still still too PTSD of being back in the arena.
1: No, he did drink.
0: Did yeah. he have some? Okay. I thought <laughs> yeah. he I thought he did. It's amazing when you listen to something three times, you still don't remember little details on some things.
1: I sped I sped through the book today. I was yep. listened on Audible like at a 1.5 times speed. Yep. And uh Me too. No, I do yep. I do remember him. He had like four beers in the span of 10 15 minutes. <laughs> so he was pretty sloshed during that, and what happens after the fight? Yep. So imagine him having control of the Visus being sloshed on <laughs> beer.
0: Yeah. Might have
1: been an advantage for him, to be honest.
0: Probably, probably loosened him up a little bit, depending upon what type of beer it was. Um, but I, I, I was hoping this was going to happen, and it did, where BT and D got it out of their system. And now they're friends, you know. When the 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 alarm goes off, D standing above BT, and BT's on got BT fell to the ground, you know. bond, got him down, and he reaches his arm out. D reaches his arm out to BT to take it. It pulls him up, and they both just give that that little nod, like, "All right, we're cool. That was a good fight. Let's now we're now we're friends," you know. Which I don't know how it is with girls, summer, you know, but that's how guys do stuff sometimes. And it it was like that a lot out here in, uh, you know, in the Boston, New England area. It's like, you know, you, you meet a new kid, you don't like each other, you end up getting into a fight and then you're best friends because you just, you get it out of your system. You know, you get that mutual, it's that mutual respect that they have. Like when you see it at the end of a UFC fight, they beat the living crap out of each other. And they're talking smack at the weigh-in and, and the press and all of that. But at the end of the fight, they always go up, shake hands, hug, and say, good match. And then they say nice things about the other person in the post-match press conference. If, you know, they're not a total asshole. So, which is- That might get I- my
2: girls were- Oh, sorry.
0: No, I was just saying, I, that's what I liked about with, with, with D and, and BT doing that.
2: Yeah, they they definitely had that respect afterwards. Um, my girls were in MMA, and they were very much good sportsmen. They would talk smack, uh, and then afterwards, it's great. Um, I don't know. Girls around here, or at least in my experience, if it's involving family or significant others, mm-hmm. I will burn that bridge with both of us on it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. this, is, this is not happening. It's I'm, what is that, Jersey housewife? Flip the table. It's just like, no, you've just you've crossed that line and it's not going to be. it. But in this, it's they were forging that friendship. And I don't think that, you know, they both loved and cared for the same individuals Mm -hmm. and their competition was more for that. And they just at some point they realized, you know, we're each we're each enough. (laughs) I can't quit you. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just all, all all friends. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was it was super cool. I really like. I really liked how that. I mean, it sucked that it got cut short, but it was. I really liked how how they came together.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. So they get. Um, so after the battle, they all go to the bridge, and they find out that the Striver ship is coming back in, and Beth ends up hailing the Guardian from the Striver ship, and they didn't know where Beth went to. Uh, they don't know if she went back down to earth and they find out that she's with the strivers telling them that the strivers are going to, they offered her a deal. She's going to, you know, she's telling them all the secrets and they're panicking because Beth knows the location of Indian Hill. So that's kind of like the, you know, you know, she's the, the, was it Helena Troy uh, character that got inside of everything and, you know, messed stuff up from the inside, which is, you know, stuff that only women can do sometimes to a, to a guy, you know, it's funny. You think that the most powerful man in the world was almost brought down by his wife. And it's not even a wife that he was really in love with. I think it was kind of lack of options at this point where he did love Beth at one point, similar to Mike, but then they saw the, the crazy underneath the skin, but she's still there. You know, and you're hoping that that she's with the Strivers now. That you know she's going to get her own. You know she's going to get what's coming to her, and you hope that she does. And you know we'll we'll see what happens in book seven, um, and in book eight, Mark, when you know maybe Beth comes back and to try to mess some stuff up with the Brigarians or the Strivers or whatever it is that you come up with, and that crazy little you know Edible's mind of yours to make that happen.
2: She's definitely some chameleon.
0: Go ahead. Okay. Yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, where she can just get anybody just impressed and amazed by her. You know, mm-hmm. um, Mike, when he first saw her in college, and then how she turns um, and it turns uh, the soldiers that are on the ship. Yeah. Uh, to, to be on her side and to do this resistance and to willingly go on a ship to the strivers and willingly let's go ahead and. Take out the uh commander. Let's take out the uh Mike and all of that. She's she's definitely got away with what men, not with women, but she really Mm -hmm. has a way with men.
0: Yeah. You find out that she's the one uh Captain Jordanian from uh book, I think it's book five, when D goes back to Indian Hill with Travis and Mike's dad, that Captain Jordanian is in charge, and he's pissed off that D is now the higher-ranking officer. And he takes off and has one of his men set up the bomb inside the interrogation room that it's Beth set something up with Jordanian. Like you will be in charge. And she's always, always pulling, pulling the strings on the people. And then you find out that that's, that's ends up what happened. That's in actually one of the epilogues about the whole thing with Beth and Jordanian. Uh, Yeah. Jordanian that she puts the bug in his ear. And that's what starts a whole kind of chain reaction. So, for people that got halfway through the series and I don't like aliens and I stopped and, you know, finished the series, it's only seven books and it's really friggin' good. I don't, I, I just, I know some people are zombies and they, they said that they like the zombies and they'd rather zombies than aliens, but aliens are just, you know, more conscious, bigger zombies. At least the Genos and the Progerians are. Oh, the Strivers! I mean, they're dead more terrifying than any zombie out there. So, for sure.
1: Um, even with all you know, any spoilers that anybody hears in the podcast, I mean, it's not about what you know; it's the journey and getting there. There, we keep Jeff can't cover everything in the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean the audio the books like tw- at least twelve hours. Each book's twelve hours long, so it's about the journey getting to that point, right?
0: Yeah. You listen to it once at regular speed and then you bump it up to like 1.3 for the second one. And then 1.5, I've got it up to 1.7 on uh one of my readings. <laughs> I tried to do two and I'm like, okay, I, I, everything's mumbled together, but I can do 1.7. That's the fastest I can go. <laughs> and you can get it done in about five hours. It cuts it almost in half. So a whole work day I can get when I was cramming for uh books 4 and 5 for last week's show i listened to both of them twice between monday and wednesday just all day long just nothing with my airpods in all day long while you know driving around and making deliveries uh, just nonstop so now question i have for you summer is are you reading why are you reading tim <laughs> what, was, what was what was the influence for that
2: Oh, so shoot, so actually the podcast and Devil's Desk. So yeah, the so uh, when I'm the little bit I knew and kind of heard and it was looking at Tim, the idea of clown is terrifying. Yeah, um you know, and then I heard it was like really uh, crass or just he's rude. Rude, he is yeah. rude. But it it, it almost sounds like much worse than I expected. Yeah, he's. He's a gross individual. He's a misogynist. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, it, it, again, I did that devil's desk and I got a peek at his character. And I I don't even know with the timeline how that sort of lines up at all. But once I got that kind of hit of that, that little drug there, (laughs) I was like, okay. I want
0: to hear some more.
2: Yeah, I got to hear some more. Exactly. And then I listened to the first one and they are shorter. I mean, well, yeah, they're, they're, average i think seven hours maybe for the first one um, yeah first
0: one was short first one was it was more of a short story um yeah where he wrote it but then two and three are kind of uh, pretty much full length
2: yeah and you know listening to it th- there are some spots where it's like oh this is a little more than i thought i could bargain for but then it gets into something and it it just drew me in. It really did. Yeah. And, but it does come back to listening to your podcast and people are saying, you know, it's not, it's not that bad. There are scenes in ZF that were, sorry, my puppy's getting a little excited over in And ZF that get a little more, um, uh, gruesome. And there were some things in zombie fallout where I'm like, okay, I'm going to fast forward just a little bit. Cause I don't need to hear <laughs> about this particular skull crushing. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I, and it's just neat that he can kind of switch gears but then yeah in each one there's these little sort of uh easter eggs like i, I was reading it and then all of a sudden in uh my tim 2 doesn't matter but there's an appearance which involves mark bt and tracy and i'm like wait
0: what <laughs> yeah the end, end of book one okay end of book one that's how book one ends Pretty much. But yeah, it's, it's, yes,
2: that is. You're, you're right. You're right. The
0: way he interweaves all the characters into it. And I'm, I'm glad that the, this show was, was able to brought you to, to read that book, you know, or to want to, to listen to it, you know, it's kind of mission accomplished. And that was kind of the goal of this was for people that aren't into every story, hear about it, listen to it a little bit about it, inform your own opinion. Just don't go by off of reviews, you know, and, and make your own opinion. So.
1: I have a confession.
0: Um,
1: Mark, you've seen a spider penis. (laughs) I'm I'm thinking about that now the spider (laughs) penis, uh, no, uh, referring to Tim. I never thought I was going to listen to Tim at all until the podcast. And, uh, for me, it was just, I think it was the book cover. I, I didn't vibe with the book cover for some reason, but then listening to the podcast, everybody's like, "It's not as bad." Um, ZF has that parts in it that are just as bad or worse. Um, so I bought them, I tried them out, and yep. uh, my me and my wife listened to it. And this is the crazy part, right? My wife doesn't like blood or gore or anything like that, movie wise.
0: Date night, Bjorn.
1: I, I, you're <laughs> telling me because she fucking loves Tim. Really, and she doesn't like horror movies. Wow,
2: all. that's awesome! Yeah. Wow,
1: it's crazy. So, hopefully, I can get her into Zombie Fallout and Lycan Fallout and Indian Hill since I already
0: have all. But, did you like Tim? Is the question. Oh, yeah, no, um, oh, okay,
1: it's like a guilty pleasure. Okay. Um, just how I love how stupid he is. And he just keeps going after the same woman the entire time and getting messed up, transferring bodies. It's just a weird twist. Yeah. And he's I love, like his
0: one, she's got his one track mind. Just, I'm going to, I just want to kill this one person. Just want to kill this one last person. I, I warned my, I warned my wife. I was like,
1: this was Mark's fuck around and find out book. <laughs> they said I can make it as bad as I want. They said, yeah. And he said, all right, bet. So, but I, I love it. It's great she loves it so we're gonna go from there though
0: that's awesome
1: <laughs> I,
2: I also ended up reading shrouded world based on some comments sidebars during one of your podcasts too holy mm-hmm. that kind of
0: that's that you up. need that's, i've only read that one once and i know when we get to that part of the, the so good the show i'm gonna need to listen to that a couple of times on regular speed
2: exactly you can't exactly.
0: skim Over it because there's so much coming in and going on in that series.
1: There's, I love Shrouded World so much, and there's one Easter egg that I cannot wait for you to discuss on the podcast, and I hope I'm there (laughs) for it because it's my favorite Easter egg of the entire like Tufo creation that he has going on here.
0: Well, we'll make sure you have you have you on for that one because we even find out we have trip. I think it was in book five. Um, from the shrouded world. That's where shrouded world kind of mixed in with this series. When they're underneath the overpass or the underpass of the highway, and Trip shows up in the the carnival truck, and Mike Bt and Tracy are all you know. He looks kind of crazy. Most carnies are people that couldn't get you know criminals that couldn't get regular jobs. And Trip's asking, "When is this? I'm not supposed to be here." You know, I'm heading to California, but he's going or heading to Colorado, wherever he's going, he's heading west, but he's going east, you know, you're going in the wrong direction, John, he never says his name's Tripp calls himself John, but it's that's when he meets it and Mike even says at some point in the uh, in, in the writing there. You know, when he's seeing Dennis and he's having his near-death experiences and he's almost there and he's having his vision, out-of-body visions, he sees Dennis, is like, I don't want to be torn between this one, this this existence and a shrouded world. Um, I think that was in book four, book four or five, uh, one of the others when, you know, Mike gets mortally wounded yet again and almost dies yet again and, uh, <laughs> you know, he has to come out of it uh he, he he has that out of body experience where it's you know i saw the light and it, they said it dennis said it, you know it's not your time you got to go back so
2: for somebody so, who doesn't like cats he has a lot of similarities you know that whole nine lives thing
0: um, i think mike's have way more than nine yeah. lives i think he's have you know
2: it's like per chapter
0: yeah yeah i think he's on 90 at this point
2: so, so. speaking of, i know we're kind of jumping around but speaking of no. nine lives um, what about that point when Tracy pulls a gun and holds it straight to his forehead on the bridge of the, uh, uh, I
0: whatever look at that, that that's a mother, <laughs> you know, she didn't do that as a, as a wife, as a, uh, as a, uh, uh is she a Colonel, whatever she is in the military major, at that I think, point. Yeah. yeah major, major that's a mother. And she's saying, I'm getting back to my effing kid. You are not screwing this up. We're not dying. We're not blowing anything up. You got to cut the crap. I yeah, mean, she no. didn't was say very powerful. our kid. Yeah, yeah, she
1: started with our and went to my
0: kid. Right away, she went to mine. I was like, man, I not. might have to kill my husband, you know.
2: But then later when he asks her
0: about it, mm-hmm. he never gets an answer. Of course not. <laughs> and she doesn't have to give him an answer nope. you know so that's why it just asserts that tracy's a badass and she took a stun gun to the back d shoots her and yeah, I he ends up having to
2: apologize for the situation you almost killed me you had a gun to my head but now he's yep. apologizing because my friend stunned you
0: yeah because we're men we always have to apologize we're always <laughs> wrong we can never do anything right that's just the way it is so. he's not wrong no. <laughs> so, yeah, but that part was great. I love that. And, um, you know, Tracy wakes up later, like, okay, what the hell is going on? And Mike's still acting like nothing really happened because he's like, hi honey, how are you sitting on the end of the bed and, you know, talking away and blah, 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 blah. And she's out of it. Like, wait, didn't I just try to kill you? Or didn't I have a gun to your head? Ah, eh, water on the bridge, whatever. So, <laughs> But as we're wrapping things up, this, bo- this, this story ends with the Guardian is um, goes into an emergency buckle. Paul mucks around with the, with the buckle drive because he's going to try to sabotage either the Stryver ship or the VCS or one of the ships. He knew, Paul knew in the back of his mind, something bad was going to happen. There was going to be a double cross. And the alliance that Mike made with Asurus the home progerian planet has told the service no we are not honoring that treaty and that truce with the humans we're still going to take over because they're such arrogant dicks that they're still going to take over earth once you know once the humans help us beat the strivers and get the the devast the the devastators put the insubordinate geno in their place we're still gonna attack the humans and we're going to take over earth and we're going to do everything and mike's pissed paul shoots um is it paul that shoots him or mike shoots him one of the two of them shoot a service in the head and just totally wipe him out because they know that that shit's not going to fly but the story ends with the guardian going into an emergency buckle and when an emergency buckle is placed it can't be undone um it's it's And they're on their way back to the main progerian planet. And it's going to take them two and a half years in this buckle to get there. And it's like, okay, roll credits. And you're thinking to yourself, what is going on here? They're going back. How do they, how does Mike get out of this one? Tune in next week to find out in book seven. You know, it's, I was kind of blown away by how the book ended if you haven't read the book or you did read the book that's it's not like a huge cliffhanger you know it's you know it's not a Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father moment um it's just Mike Mike Paul BT and D are all in the same in Tracy they're all in the same ship and they're all heading back to the progerium home planet uh and you got to kind of wonder how is this going to play out Yeah, it was definitely an oh shit moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 100%. Go ahead.
1: Can we talk about that one pergerian, I can't remember his name. He was uh, boy, he was scared shitless cuz Mike had just shot
0: uh a You just yeah,
1: Asuras. just yeah. shot him in the in the eye. I think it was the eye or he shot him in the head definitely, but Yeah. And then they came back and slaughtered like three or four more of me. He's like, "You just killed the three people above me and this dude's about, I knew progerians were kind of the wimpy ones, but that dude was really wimpy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess I would be scared of Mike if he just killed all five of my leaders that were ahead of me too. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's now in charge and he doesn't, he doesn't know, he doesn't know what he's going to do. Well, so, uh, tune but in next oh to find out. Yeah.
1: That oh shit moment where they're headed back to uh, Aridinia. I
0: think it's yeah. That's that's the name of the planet. I couldn't think of the name of it. Aridinia. Uh, I
1: like that meme. I bet Mike was just thinking of his head.
0: Fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up. But it's uh, they're going and they're in the buckle, and um, you know, that's how the story ends. And the second epilogue other, a lot of people, and I've been guilty of this too. It, when I first did some of my read throughs, I would shut off the epilogue, or I'd shut off the Talbot sode, or I wouldn't listen to the if it's not part of the main story, I would shut it off. I don't know why. It's just kind of in my psyche. It's like, okay, this is just an extra shit. I don't need it. It doesn't matter anything. I listened to the whole epilogue too, the whole story of these two, a progerian and a Geno that fell in that fell in love. Uh <laughs> And ended up having a baby, and I'm thinking to myself in the back of my mind while hearing this, I'm like, "This is the origin story of D. These two end up being D. This is D's parents. This is how Romeo and Juliet in the Progerian Genogerian world met, and this is where Freetown came in to to play, and all of this happy-go-lucky stuff. And you find out at the very, very end of it. And yeah, I'm gonna spoil it for you. I don't give a shit. Um, D's parents get killed, and they don't know what to do with D, and they put him in the games. So D has been in the game since he's been like uh, the equivalent of a jarian eight-year-old. But D is a hybrid of a Gino and a Progerian, which is never really said in any of the stories about that. So he's kind of a mute. Where the mutes are the the, the, the Devastators. They're a crossbreed with the go-go juice of a Geno and a progerian, D is kind of a natural a, a natural mutant, so to speak. you know, a dog and a cat had a baby, and what the hell did you get? You got probably the greatest warrior that the the, the known galaxies ever ever seen.
1: I could agree with that comment, you know greatest warrior <laughs> the galaxy' ever seen for sure. Yeah. So, I just can't
0: believe you
2: guys didn't listen to those things in the beginning. I was all like, okay, there's got to be some nugget of something here. It was just like, why is he throwing this in? and that,
0: it I did like- the first couple, and then I realized it's just extra crap I think he had left over in his head on some <laughs> of them. I stopped listening to them, and then on like the second or third read-through, I listened. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll listen to them. Just because, excuse me, they were on in the background, and I was like, oh, crap, I probably should have listened to this the first time. So. Let this be a lesson to you almost, kids. Don't skip the epilogues or the Talbot Sodes.
1: It's almost better that you skipped it the first time because I, I all the ZF series and Indian Hill and all the like and all the Sodes, mm-hmm. I skipped it. I skipped it and just went to the main part. And then I think it wasn't even, I think on my second listen through on some of these series, I didn't even, I didn't stick around for the Sodes. It was yep. on my third one. So I've already listened to all this three times. And this, it was like a fresh little nugget of stuff that I, you know, I should have listened to the first time, but I'm even, you know, the fix, the addiction for me. Yeah,
0: because while I'm listening, I'm binging all the stories for the most part because I'm, you know, I've only been doing this since 2020 or night, yeah, 20 when I started, when I first discovered them. So I just wanted to get to the meat and potatoes of the story. I'm like, I don't care about these little extra things. You know, at the end, what's it doesn't have anything to do with the main story. I'm not going to listen to it and kick myself, but I'm doing it now. So I'm going back and listening to them now and found out in this story that, yeah, this was, this was D's parents. This was a pretty, it was a very lengthy epilogue. It was almost a whole short story in itself. But stick with it if you haven't listened to it or you haven't read it and you thought, what, what what is this it's leading to something and it's leading to little baby d so <laughs> absolutely it's <That's> very cool <laughs> uh final thoughts on on book six what do you what, what were you what did you like about it what was your favorite parts what's the parts you were kind of like nah, but you know it, it all worked out in the end what's your review summer
2: Okay. So, um, (laughs) I love how it it just, it picks up. There's always just so much action. Um, you know, it's one thing after another, I did have times where I'm like, wait, which ship are we on now? Wait, are we perjurians or genijurians? I very clearly knew whose drivers were because those freaky ass spiders. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it really, it just kept going, kept going. I loved how just that banter back and forth between, um, uh everybody just kind of burning uh Mike because he said at one point he's like something along like it's amazing I can even get up and walk as challenged physically mentally challenged as I am. Mm-hmm. That was a blast. I mean, at one point he has what I, I think is the Tommy boy moment because I think he's negotiating with a surus and he's like yeah. talking about the maniac vacuum sales guy who comes in yeah and 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 goes, which by the way, vacuum sales brings me back to the yeti book i think because bt's wife linda buys vacuum
0: anyway vacuum. yep
2: yeah so um you know it is it's just it's what it's just there are points where i just got a little confused between it but it. it just builds up so much speed and it just each book gets more and more action so i really you know people who like said who listen to the first one and they stop there don't continue on it just gets better and better and better and to the point where we're here saying mark please, at least one more, just please. We need, we need another hit. We need, yep. we need one more hit.
0: So. Yeah. We need it. We need a book eight. Yep. Definitely need a book eight.
1: Nope. <clears throat> My thoughts on book six. Um, And I'm going to, so it was a lot of information in the first three books of Indian Hill uh, learning who Mike Paul and all the characters. I mean, you haven't been introduced to, bt uh or d i think d was at the end of three maybe yeah i don't really remember
0: yeah end, um, of two, end of like beginning of three end of two yeah but i think
1: four five and six to the best of my description for anybody who might have stopped around three or four is four or five and six is definitely a uh ultimate teaser for book seven and how everything's about to hold in on itself, I think would be the best term for me to use. Um, I definitely love the interactions between D and BT, like we talked about, um, and Tracy and them ragging on Mike, like Summer said. Um, And just the character development of how Paul is losing his mind because of Beth and Beth's then snap, slap crazy. Um, The character development is great. You know, to anybody who's still curious or gave up, you know, Sit it out. It's a mm-hmm. great book. Um, and seven really it just gets even more crazy for sure.
0: Yeah, it's 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 funny when, when we, they when they talk about the uh the interaction with Bt and, and D way they, they they talk to Mike where they they kind of just rag on him all the time. But when push comes to shove, BT has said, you know, I don't know how you walk around with balls so big. And Michael Mike says, you know, because they're in Tracy's purse, ask her. You know i haven't had him in years but they'll tell they'll tell whoever tries to go against him listen this is the bravest man i've ever met in my entire life he's done some shit that you can't even imagine and you know bt's done that more than once and Bond's done that more than once and it's it's what you do with your friends you know you you know, I, I don't know how it is and you part of the world but here in boston you know we bust balls you know we rag on each other. I got my core group of best friends and I've dated some women are like, why are you guys friends? All you do is rag on each other. I'm like, yeah, it's what we do. It's what guys do. We just we just pick on each other. It doesn't mean a damn thing. It's just, it's fun. And at the end of the day, you you're still best friends. And you know, you probably say some mean shit to each other, but when it comes down to it, you you have there's a mutual respect there's a mutual love I think that Mike D and BT have for each other. And they're going to need it because they are in the uh, the bowels of space, hurling toward a hostile planet with nothing between them but time to sit there and think about how are they going to get out of this one. So with that, I want to thank you guys for coming back on. I really appreciate it. Summer, you are now up there with Aaron, uh, tie for third for first place for uh, being on three times. Uh, Bjorn, you're on your second, and uh, definitely going to have you back on when we do the Shrouded World. Um, you know, whatever that, the, the Shrouded World you were talking about, right?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So, I mean, you guys got an open invitation anytime. You know, I. I it's funny that we have more, um, on the, the spec sheets that I have, we have more male listeners than female listeners, but more females have been on the panel to, to talk about the books, which is kind of funny.
1: So, Hopefully we can change that, you know?
0: Yeah. More people in here. Yeah. Um, or or yeah. if you
2: ask Tim, it's just, we just like to talk. And like assess- to babble.
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so yeah so if anybody wants to come on the show want to be on the panel want to talk about the books hit me up michael talbot podcast at icloud.com join the facebook group that we have uh kind of just get you know well i'll make announcements if we need people for the show like we did this week yeah thank you guys for for answering the call last minute i was kind of hoping it wasn't going to be a solo a solo show I, i made frivolous notes to try and do this on my own. And I was talking with Mark uh, yesterday. I was like, I now know how you feel when you when you do your 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 Mondays with Mark type of thing on your YouTube page because while you're trying to talk and makes talk about something, you're getting distracted by something else. and you skip all over the place. and it's, oh, I forgot to talk about this, and I forgot to do that. And he's just doing a quick little segment. I'm trying to do a whole novel, which I've never done before so thank you guys you have saved you saved me tonight so uh you know praise be to you thank you <laughs> i have to uh, set a that. reminder
1: i have to set a reminder on my phone to message you or email you and see if you have any any opening spots so you don't have to be alone because i'm i'm off every wednesday every wednesday afternoon so
0: cool yeah are you on the uh, on the facebook group with us Yes, sir. The page? Yeah. I usually, I'll load you to put it up. I mean, always just email me, you know, hey, I like this story. I like whatever Uh, I want to come on because I have the schedule up. The the schedule is going to change after next week. I'm going to be taking a couple weeks off because I have a really big video editing job that I have to do. That's going to require a lot of my attention. Um, So, and then a vacation in June, going to Mark's favorite place in the world, Florida. Yay! Uh, I'm going to go visit the Progerians down there, but probably mid-June, uh, going to pick it back up again with Distance, which we all know is a sequel follow-up to Indian Hill. But you don't know that until you read it. So read Distance. It's a good story. So, We will see you guys here next week for um, for Book 7. Happy May the 4th. It is Star Wars Day. So this episode's actually going out a date early on May the 4th, just because Mark's such a huge Star Wars fan. So am I. And all the books in uh, my own, Mike talks about Star Wars. And there's always one kind of reference to Star Wars in it. So I thought it'd be fitting that, um, you know, we'd put this episode out. If I was more prepared, I would have done some research and made a list of all the Star Wars references in the books. And then made a whole show around that, but I'll probably end up doing that next year, maybe, but it's a lot to go through. So but yeah, there we go. I've babbled long enough. Uh, thank you guys for coming back on. I really appreciate it. Any Any final words before we take off?
2: Thank you very much. You're doing a great job. This has been so much fun. And um thank you. May the fourth be with you.
0: Yeah.
2: And the Catholic in me just repeats, and also with you.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Final words, you know. Hey, Jeff, I appreciate you doing this. Uh setting this up. Something else I can listen to while I'm driving. Um, I'm not I I feel like I should say it, but it's just you know, may the fourth be with you, you know um and have fun on Cinco de Mayo if, you know you drink and like tacos i guess
0: who doesn't come on so all right guys thank you have a good night yeah. <laughs> bye bye you have been listening to the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Copyright 2023 by Chestnut Hill Studios. Our theme song, Zombie vs. Aliens, was written brilliantly by Burnt Ends. The Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast, is a production of Chestnut Hill Studios, and no part of this production can be reproduced, reproducted, re rhymed, remixed, remastered without the express written consent of Chestnut Hill Studios and is punishable by FCC law and being called a big, fat, stupid doo-doo head. The show was written, produced, hosted, mastered, and edited by Jeff Royds, technical advisor, Mary Napoli. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It does help other people find the show. Thank you very much for listening, and as always, if you have not done so, download or buy the books of Mark Tufo. You will not regret it. Well, you might regret it. I don't want to make false promises. I can't. You know, I don't know everybody's taste or anything, like that, but just go do it. Thank you.